Welcome back to the Music Bar Podcast. Season 2, episode 13. Welcome back, Dan. Well, oh, th- good to be back, Chris. Good to yeah, be I back, you were man. Sick I, last week. I was All a good? bit. I, um, yeah, I'm good now. I'm good now. You know, within these times, you think you survive. I got the, uh, the dreaded, the dreaded mm-hmm. thing, the, the spicy cough. It turns out I didn't. Um, I, it started as a very nasty cold, and for me, then it blew out into full-blown asthma. So, oh, wow. yeah, and, and it, it, it made me a little weak, but once I started getting on the right medication, I started getting good. So I'm much better now. So, yeah, and, and, I, and I missed an important episode last week. Yeah, you did. And we'll touch on um, Taylor Hawkins very shortly. But before we do, just a little bit of housekeeping, I guess. I want to get this going every week just to remind people and thank people. But, yeah, please uh, subscribe and like, which we all want everyone to subscribe and like. We love doing yes. a little show. Um, we enjoy it a lot. And, uh, yeah, we want people to like it and subscribe and keep the comments yeah. coming. But I do want to make a quick shout-out to my friend Peter in Tassie. He has been mm-hmm. sharing and spreading the word for us quite a lot lately. So thanks, Pete, for doing that. And when we do get some merchandise, I'll send you a little gift, mate. Oh, Actually, that'd be a cool idea. We've got to come up with a music bar podcast T-shirt because um, I think I did tell you about that once. I saw a guy wearing his own podcast yeah, T-shirt. Yeah, and, uh, yeah we, we should get something. Well, I do know someone else ones. now who's got a printing press, so it's all in the okay. works. Okay. I, 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 I would wear it with pride and I'd wear it everywhere. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. So would all I. Up, cool. Yeah, I, I want to print, yeah. I want, I want some merchandise. So, yeah, but yep. hey, look, Pete, thanks very much. Yep. Much appreciated, mate. Much appreciated. Is he, the one that, is he the one that said something about tablature when I said something about tablature a couple uh, of weeks no, ago? No, actually. No, it wasn't him. Your friends, your, your friends are a bit pedantic when it comes to these sorts of things. Uh, well, the person who wrote that, I'd actually never met. He was actually on his own. Um, he's just a subscriber who likes our show. He wrote that. Oh. Section. So, yeah. I love viewers and I love, I love if we do something wrong, which sometimes we do. I like being told it's wrong or incorrect or however you want to put it. But yeah, I did. I did comment to him, thanking him for the update. Um, that was interesting. <laughs> and you let me know about the yeah. I said something about Eddie Van Halen invented tablature, or he, he didn't invent it, but they invented it as a way to measure the way he records music and um, or wrote music. And I yep. said, oh, tablature. I, look, I'll be honest. My source was from the man himself, Eddie Van Halen. Uh, there's a video of him giving a speech at the um, Institute of Music, I think, MIT mm-hmm. or something like that. Yep. Um, if, you, if you've not seen that video, it is fantastic. I'm sure yep. you have, Chris. Obviously. Um, yeah, he recorded obviously later in his life. Uh, he obviously, without all the crap in his life anymore, maybe he was probably seeing the end a little bit because he seemed very humble and very down to earth. But yeah, that's where I got that information from so it came from the man himself so yeah. don't blame the messenger no 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 came from it. but yeah. i think what your the, what what they said was tablet has been around for a long time and you're you're probably right you are since the 1300s uh i know eddie has maybe if you believe in the extra lives that he's been around for that long but it was you you specified to me chris that would have been for tapping Guitar tablature is probably more the tapping, yeah. yeah. Yeah, more the tapping. Mm. Yeah, just to make so, you understand it easily. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so you could understand that. Yeah. Mm. See what what's he doing? What's he doing up there? <laughs> but anyway, um, 
so yeah, last week I, I went solo last week when you were sick, and I just I felt that we should talk about Taylor Hawkins again today, just to get your thoughts on it. Um, I had my thoughts, and you couldn't make it last week, obviously. So um, the floor's yours. What do you think about the whole situation? Any thoughts about Taylor yourself? Taylor was an amazing, an amazing drummer. Um, he seemed to be the type of drummer that other drummers looked at and went, wow. Mm. And I think even Dave Grohl probably looked at and went, wow. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he, it's, it's, it's kind of this weird thing. If we were going to go musically, I, I could sit there and say, oh, technically he probably wasn't the world's greatest drummer, but maybe that's not the point. I think he did have this technicality to him. He seemed to be, he was a good heavy rock drummer. Yep. Um, we probably never got a chance to hear Taylor do other little things, but that's by the by. He seemed to be well loved within the music community, not just the fans, yep. but the community themselves. Uh, I used to really enjoy watching him play. Um, I, I mean, it's it's sad that what's happened. I I do feel very sad for it because. 20 years ago, Taylor did have a heroin overdose yeah. and he was in a coma for a couple of weeks. And I think the initial reaction from people was, oh, Taylor's got a drug problem. Um, I, I think it's, I don't think it was that. I think Taylor had a pain problem. Looking at the, the cocktail of drugs that he was on, he wasn't, yeah. he was on opioids, which is a real problem. You know, I mean, I, and, all those drugs, uh, they're a real issue now. And they're finding out in America, they call it hillbilly heroin. Um, he was on the opioids. He was on antidepressants. He was on probably uh, another drug to keep him going. Because, I mean, look at him. The guy was 50 years old, didn't have an ounce of fat on him. Mm. The fact that he had an enlarged heart leads to say that it was prolonged use of certain medications. But I think being a drummer must be a very painful situation i think he had a pain problem because he seemed to be on the same sort of drugs that prince was on yeah yeah i think the only thing he didn't have was the fentanyl because prince i died of an overdose of fentanyl i don't know if that was in taylor's system or not and so i'm not going to specifically say yay or nay on that um and that's where i think he had a problem is yeah he had he had a pain problem and that's that's the sad thing for me yeah is yeah, the the rigors of touring, the demands on the body of being a rock and roll drummer are huge. And, and one can only look. It, it was it was just after Taylor died, or just before Taylor died. I saw on. Oh, you have to forgive that car driving past, but that's just the nature of the business. It is. Um, Tommy Lee posted on his Instagram and Facebook. He's like had his his, his ankles are just full of screws and plates. Mm. And if there's a hard drummer, it's Tommy. Yeah. So you imagine Tommy probably play, played through the pain. Taylor was probably playing through the pain. And I think the greatest example of it is Phil Collins. Yep. He can barely move. I mean, they've just done their last Genesis tour. Phil has to sit down to perform now because his spine is absolutely destroyed from the drumming. So it, I know playing the guitar can be hard on the body. But it's clearly performing live in a rock and roll environment, night after night too. There's no, oh, geez, I don't feel like going on today, so yeah. I, I can't. You know, when you've got 10,000 people out there who've paid their money and a promoter and 
the thing is, you cancel a show, it's a lawsuit. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yep. They have to play through the pain. So that's where I felt really sad for Taylor. I thought, this is clearly a guy who had so much left to give. And seeing the footage from a couple of nights before when he sang Queen, Somebody to Love. Did you see that? Well, I, the guy could sing like nothing on earth. Yeah. He, yeah, the, the guy could sing like nothing on earth. And yet he had this a talent. He was a musician. And it, 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 it was through him. And for him to go, well, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I, I get saddened by it. I'm glad he didn't, if he was to die, he didn't die by his own hand. That to yeah. me is worse. But the fact that this was probably an entirely preventable death is another thing. Yeah, I don't think they've released an autopsy yet, have they? No. Um, well, the, the, where did he die? Colombia, didn't he? He died in Colombia. The Colombian government said his heart was big, his heart was enlarged. I mean, double the size. That's a prolonged use of certain chemicals yeah. Yeah. in certain ways, you know, the, the enlarged heart. Whether it could have also been he might have had a defect in his heart. He seemed to be one of those drummers that couldn't sit still, like Tommy yeah. Lee. <laughs> you know, they, they same build, you know, that tall, skinny, string bean kind of thing with, with energy to burn. Yeah. Um, I remember watching this Jane's Addiction video of them live and during the drum solo in three days, Taylor got up and started playing the drums alongside Stephen Perkins, not on a separate drum kit. He was had a set of drumsticks and was hitting the drums with Stephen Perkins. Oh, wow. If you've not seen that, Chris, no. try and check it out. Um, I think it was on Amazon Prime. There's a Jane's Addiction um, live video from oh, Lollapalooza. Yeah, and Taylor Hawkins gets on there with them. And there's a, there was a real bond between Perry Farrell from Jane's Addiction said mm-hmm. he, Taylor was his best friend and there's photos of them surfing together. And Taylor, last message, I think the last person he left a message with was was Perry. And it, it's like Taylor was, like everyone liked him. Everyone was bringing yeah. him and texting him and, and things like that. And yeah, and for the Foo Fighters fans, you know, I mean, the shows have been cancelled for the tour for the rest of the year. I, you shouldn't speculate. It's up. To, it's hard to know what's going to happen with, with the Foo Fighters in this regard. Yep. Um, Dave's lost another very good friend. Yep. Another, yeah. That and that's. I think it's the life's. It is the world. You do lose your friends a bit in the world of rock and roll. Yeah. You know, you and I haven't lost friends in the same way that people in rock and roll do. Um, uh, the real world has, has a different, it's a different world. It's a different universe that they, they fly in. So and they do, they fly in a different universe, but if, if the Foo Fighters were to carry on and you can always sort of say, Oh, which, who would do the drumming? There's only one drummer in my mind. And that would be Stephen Perkins from, uh, James. Yeah. Because you could see the kinship. You watch them play drums together. Oh, and I recommend it, Chris, you watch it. Yeah. You watch them play drums together and you'll, you'll see there's, there's only one. The only other one is Tommy, Tommy Lee. And you know, Tommy would put his hand up and do it in a heartbeat too. So Mike Portnoy. <laughs> he's so, he's a bit too technical for Probably. them. Yeah, 17, eight, I don't think there's any Foo Fighters songs in 17, eight time. <laughs> we'll talk about that um, a bit later. We'll talk about that a bit yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. Um, just quickly, 
I've watched a few Taylor Hawkins videos recently, just in the last week I posted them for him at home. And he's sitting at his in his music room and there's pictures of music and Eddie Van Halen and all these rock bands all over the walls. And the saddest mm-hmm. thing about the whole thing is obviously he's lost his family. But for us, you just know he was a lover of music. And it's just someone like that who had another band going with Dave Navarro as well. And, you know, it's just it was like he was just starting out on his own and it was just working um, towards something bigger for himself. And to lose that kind of person who loved music and everybody loved him and I, I saw a live clip the other day of the Chili Peppers playing live and they had Taylor written on the drum head of the uh, yes. bass and a lot of bands are doing that now, just Taylor written there. So he was liked by so many, loved by so many, and it's really, really sad. So, yeah, definitely. Mm. But, um, yeah, definitely. But as you said, yeah, he, he was a fan of music. He yeah. was a musician, but an absolutely like he loved Queen. And I can't remember who the other band was that he loved, but the Queen... And there was one other band that were his two favorite bands. And yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, off that for a second, but thank you for your input. Um, yeah. Couldn't be last week. I want to oh, I, I have a sit. I, I, want to, I want to have a lie down now. That was a bit, that was a bit sad. <laughs> it was a bit. Um, I mean, yeah, but it does. You know, I really felt it speaking out loud. You know, they have an effect on us. These musicians yeah. do. Oh, for sure. For sure. They really do. Hmm. Um, have you next subject kind of thing or topic? Did you watch any of the Grammys? Absolutely not. I actually forgot they were on. I was with my mum. I've had a very busy week with work and family, and um, my mother said something about I oh, have the Grammys on soon, and I went, "Oh yeah." And then I saw you post me that thing from Mike. Is that was that Mike Portnoy who accepted the award? No, it was Dream Theater. John Petrucci ex- accepted the award for Dream oh, Theater. For you, I, oh me, <laughs> um, for best metal performance, and that's yep. what I kind of went. Oh, the Grammys are on today. Yeah. So no, I did not. But um, yeah, what did something jump? I mean, I, you know what? I've lost. I haven't been interested in the Grammys in years. They they just treat rock and roll like it's uh, nothing. Yeah, and I didn't watch it either. I saw a few things on, on like, a, the John Petrucci thing with um, Dream Theater winning that award, and I messaged you because I, I was actually quite amused by it. Did you watch, actually, his speech? Yeah. Yeah, so he, <laughs> he comes on the show, for those who didn't see John Petrucci from Dream Theater, um, except the award. When Dream Theater started, started coming out, people were saying to them, stop making these long songs, and mm. so we got time signatures, and he announced that the songs are getting longer in some of these ways, and the song they they won was quite long. But the time signature just blew me away. The whole song was in seventeen eight, and I don't think there's many musicians who could probably comprehend that. Who even sitting in the audience that day watching him? Yeah. You know, I think most of them would have went, "What? There's a different time signature." What? What? <laughs> what? I live in a world of auto tune where everything is quantized. There's seventeen eight time. Exactly. No. Like, Hearing that made my day, to be honest. I was so happy that Dream Theater won, but the fact he mentioned that kind of thing to a live audience of musicians, just like, yeah, it's great. But, yeah, no, I didn't watch it either. I've heard of pretty bad things about the whole thing. Um, there's a lot more guitar players. I mean, what's that? There's a lot of guitar players, um, like bands playing, not so much hip-hop and everything, which was kind of nice oh, to okay. see. Lenny Kravitz got up with a, uh, a lady who plays guitar called Her, which I don't actually know. But they rocked out a couple of songs. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, what were you going to say? Sorry? 
Um, I was going to say what I liked is when you did send me that that piece of footage, and you said check out the time signature. Yep. And so when he was walking up to the stage, they were playing that particular track. So I was listening to it, thinking, "All right, here it is. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, there it is. Yeah. yeah. No, that's not in four four, is it? No, that's one more at the end there, just to yeah. um, throw you all. So now it's it's no longer sixteen, it's seventeen eight, or it's no longer at eight four. Whatever it is in. You know, it's, it's all those polyrhythms and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I kind of went, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, it was good. Um, I gave you some homework, I think, today or yesterday. Did you do it about Def Leppard? Now, I have heard this new Def Leppard song, Kick. You have? Yeah, I heard it when it first came out. Right. So, uh, everyone who doesn't know, Def Leppard's released a new album. Well, no, they're releasing a new album in the 27th of May. They've released a new mm-hmm. single so far off that album. Now, 15 songs on this album, and number two is a song called Kick. What are your thoughts on the song called Kick? Not bloody much. <laughs> That's a bit of a problem. I, I love Def Leppard. But is it, I love Def Leppard because I love Hysteria and Pyromania and, and, and the Adrenalize. And it's this, it's this wave of nostalgia. But it can't be quite a wave of nostalgia because it's like, it's not like I could sit there and say, I love your old stuff better than the new stuff. It's like I sit there and I go, oh man, the old stuff was just so good. It was so good. And it wasn't like it was just popular. They sold 40 million copies of Hysteria. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Look, this is another thing. What you just mentioned about Taylor Hawkins. Def Leppard are music fans. Yep. They, and that's what I've always loved about Def Leppard. I got a mate of mine who used to go and meet, hang out and meet the bands down in Melbourne when they used to come in the late 80s and early 90s. And he said he hung out with Def Leppard. And they got excited going into Metal Over Melbourne, the big metal record store, and finding bootleg UFO albums. He right. said, that that made that, that you could just see Joe Elliott was like, oh, you know, this bootleg UFO record. And you, you know, UFO are a huge influence on Def Leppard. I love the fact that with the Thin Lizzy remasters that came out a few years ago, was entirely funded by Joe Elliott. Really? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, there should always be Thin Lizzy available for all the kiddies <laughs> so that everyone should be able to experience thin, the magic of Thin Lizzy. But yep. Joe Elliott pays for this these guys are pure music fans and that's why i'll always love them so when i saw that the title of this album was diamond star halo which is a line from get it on the t-rex song otherwise it's another album of cover versions because actually that album they brought out a few years ago yeah which is all covers was actually pretty good Hmm. and also as i'm a bit of a deaf leopard fan i always tell people hysteria and heroes by david bowie has the same chord progression Right. Okay. There you go. And sometimes when they have played Heroes, Hysteria uh, Live, they go into Heroes, and right. you know they do do it. So you know it wasn't just it wasn't just a thing. Me being a smartass, it, they do. They they really acknowledge. And you you know on Rocket, it's all the references to all the bands that they love: Ziggy, 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 Major Tom. You know all that sort of stuff. Um, but I just felt, and I don't think. I think this whole thing where they're all recording separately now just doesn't sound like the band is in a room recording. They all live yeah. in different parts of the world. Well, 
I saw it on YouTube the other day. I was sitting on the couch um, with my wife and we're sitting there watching this and I saw, hey, Def Leppard's got a new song. Let's listen to it. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, halfway through, I looked at Lex and said to her, this is the most boring song I've heard for so long. And she totally agreed. And she's not a music fan mean- like I am. But how boring was Kick? That's the first <laughs> single off the album of 15 songs. What is going to come in the future? I have no idea. But... In saying that, you and I are going to go see them in concert when they come out on the big stadium the tour. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we'll hear the new songs. But as soon as they punch into women from Hysteria, yep. I'm off, man. As soon as they play Hysteria, I'm off, you know. Yep. As, yep. as soon as they play any of those songs, uh, you know, of course, we're, we're all going to. Hmm. And I think um, even Def Leppard know that. Yeah, I think they absolutely know that. So yeah, yeah, yeah I, 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 I am a, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, on that well, too, you, you tagged me the other day in Facebook on a subject which we discussed in the past, and now it's come to fruition. I was actually wondering what you thought of this now and why it's coming out now. Just touch on this quickly. Prince, nineteen eighty five, the concert at Sarah Cruz. Purple Rain Show has now finally going to be released. Mm. And that's something was we've discussed it before about the wills of people when they pass away and he didn't mm. have anything like that at all. Um, but now they're finally releasing this one. So do you know anything about this one particular concert, which is apparently quite famous? Uh, did you see the video footage of Let's Go Crazy? No, I haven't watched did it. You, oh, watch it, Chris. It's like that's where you sort of go, oh, my God. What an amazing performer. What an amazing guitarist. What an amazing everything. Um, I had heard of this Syracuse concert because Prince did record every show he did. This is one that was professionally filmed. They never released it. It was all meant to be released as part of a concert video or DVD, you know, and it never saw the light of day. Once again, Prince obviously just went, nah, yeah, nah, whatever. Um, And it was at the height of the Purple Rain stuff which, you know, was when he, he literally, next to Michael Jackson, he was like the biggest, he, he was crossed that boundary of pop and rock at that stage. You know, he was doing pop songs with these crunchy guitar solos, um, note perfect stuff. And the band was always in precision behind him. There was no, yeah, the, the, his band was tight as a drum. Mm. Um and I watched that Let's Go Crazy and I just kind of went, oh, my God, that's incredible. That's one of the best things I've ever seen. And that's why I tagged you on it, hoping you'd seen it. But, yeah, look, I'm actually looking forward to watching this. Yeah, I think this, it was this, good. This, 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 this is something, yeah, I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to um, watching this particular show. I think it's going to be, um, yeah, yeah. I don't watch a lot of the live stuff anymore. And the fact he's no longer with us, um, and I'm sure there's plenty of live shows of Prince and everything like that. But just to watch him at, in the Purple Rain stage and actually... You reckon that was, was his prime? Prime. Yeah. I, I, I personally think um, that period, there's, there's, there's a few artists like probably have that one moment, but yeah. Prince from about 1983 when he brought out the 1999 album, and even, I mean a little bit before that, Right up through till about 1988. In 1987, he brought out this double album called Sign of the Times, mm-hmm. which is 
every bit as good as Purple Rain. And that's what I mean. He, you know, he wasn't just resting on one laurel. He kept going yeah. and he kept pushing himself. And, and I, if I probably would have to pick a Prince album, it would be Sign of the Times for me. Right. It would absolutely be Sign of the Times. Fair enough. So, yeah. Looking forward to it. Oh, you got to watch it, man. I'm looking forward to it too. I'm looking forward to seeing it. And um, yeah, um, if they've done, looking at the video quality, they've, they've gone through it pretty well yep. and remastered it very well. So he's hoping that the Prince Estate is doing the right thing by the material, which yeah. they seem to be, which is a good thing. Yeah. But as we mentioned a couple of podcasts ago, if he didn't want it released, he didn't want it released. But, you know. That's, that's I think the world needs a bit of Prince. <laughs> well, I, 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 you know what? I was thinking that the other day, Chris. I thought that exactly. I thought yeah. with everything that's going on, I think we need a little bit of Prince. Yeah. We, we, right. If there's an artist we miss in this world, it's Prince. We need a little bit of Prince. I think we need a bit of Prince. It, mm. um, you also tagged me in something which I've never heard of this band before. Apparently, um, they're quite big and a lot of rockers know them. But there's a new doco coming out. We saw the, the trailer the other day went for seven minutes. <laughs> a band called this Failure. My, this was my cool thing. If I'm going to step in a cool thing, I was going to say, did you see that? Oh, really? I thought, I thought it was some elaborate April Fool's joke. <laughs> when I first saw this trailer, I thought, oh, this is some elaborate April Fool's joke, you know? All these, I mean, we're not talking, we're talking really top musicians, you know? The guys from Mastodon and Tool. And, Maynard, you know, Tommy Lee, Troy Sanders, yeah, same a few. Tommy Lee went, yeah, when Tommy Lee's like, oh, yeah, man, failure. And I'm thinking, this is some elaborate <laughs> joke. joke, April Fool's joke. So I did some investigation. I found, no, these guys are a real band. Yeah. And I started listening to them, and I'm like, one of those bands is like, well, where have you been all my life? Really? So you like it? Oh, definitely. I don't mind the space rock kind of thing, but, oh, yeah, this – yeah, this is good stuff. This is really, and I was going to say that my cool thing for the week is this trailer. You know, the, the, right. these guys' failure, but um, we, we've jumped the gun a little bit here. But yeah, well, it was a seven minutes, trailer, which you never saw. You don't see seven minute trailers very often, and it was actually quite no. um, enticing to watch the whole thing. Um, so yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing it now too, to be honest. But um, yeah, just thought mm. I'd mention that to see if you'd actually heard of them before, because I have never heard of failure. And um, it just blew my mind that all these guys pulled it up on a pedestal. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're like, like, but I, yes. <laughs> one of those bands, you're like, who the hell is the, who the hell are these guys? And then, as I said, I thought because I looked at the date and I went, right, oh, this yeah. is some elaborate prank. This is, you know, this is some elaborate prank. Failure is not really the good name for a band, you know what I mean? But I went on to Spotify and they had a whole discography going back to 1994. Yeah. So it's not like they're this new band that, you know, a joke band that people say, oh, yeah, this is the band I talk about and like for a movie or something like that. This, this is, they were a real thing and they are terrific. And I'm going to go listen to some more failure when we're finished. Oh, okay. I think I will too then. You also tag me in something quite um, interesting about Metallica the other day. They are now putting seven of their historic shows or documentaries onto the Coda collection, um, which haven't been released before, unless you buy it on DVD or you buy them on VHS back mm. in the day. They're putting seven of their shows. And I kind of had a thought about it, thinking 
will bands start doing this more often now? Instead of trying to get a sale of a video or a DVD, will they start doing this to get it streamed instead of make money that way? Because we've always discussed how bands are trying to make money different ways. And it seems like putting mm. seven of their band um, concerts or documentaries, like I've watched the Black Album year and a half making of, that many times is not funny. But are they not selling them anymore? Or are they trying to um, appeal to a younger audience now? It's just, it was a good thing to do, I think. I think it's a really good thing to do. But um, it must be another avenue that they're starting to go. Let's put our live stuff up on this Coda, which I've never heard of Coda either, but... Um, what do you well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I, I, I'd agree. I think that it, it is the thing now. It's they've got to find new revenue streams in some capacity. Yeah, you know. I mean, look, the bands are coming back. You know, the international acts are starting to tour again. The local acts are starting to get out there now, which I, I'm really happy to see and get out there and play. Um, you know, um, we're all going back to shows. I went to a show the other night. Uh, I saw you? the comedy troupe. I went. I saw the comedy troupe, uh, Artie Donna. Very funny. But you know, um, we talk about venues. The Fortitude Music Hall in Bris- in Fortitude Valley in Brisbane, fantastic, okay. absolutely brilliant. It's like it's like festival halls back. Oh, you know? lovely. I, I used to, oh yeah, the nice heist. The guys from Powderfinger own it. One of the oh, guys. Okay. So yeah. they built, and it's purely designed. It's designed beautifully. It's got a big floor, high stage, brilliant. Absolutely huh. brilliant. Yeah, Fortitude, and, it's, and it's right in the middle of the mall in the valley. So it's right. not like out of the way and everything like that. It's easy to get to. It's fantastic. But yeah, we're, we're, we're going back. We're seeing shows and, and this is good. We're, we're, we're getting back there. Your, your favourite bands will come back. Everyone's going to come back. Go see the shows. I suppose buy the merch when you can, you know. Um, if the streaming is your thing, if you want to stream some Metallica, Look, we could all be cynical about Metallica and say, oh, they're only after our money. But in the end, it's it's uh, how they make money, man. You know, when we yeah. sit there and go, oh, they've got enough money. They also pay a lot of tax. And they pay a lot of staff. We, have we discussed this about... We have, just, we the, have um, talked about it before where bands yeah. keep their staff on, but people think that this money goes into their pockets. It doesn't go into their pockets. they got... People who are like put off when they're not touring anymore, like they're touring now at yeah. the moment, but for two years they couldn't tour, but they kept all their staff. So they're paying wages to all these hundreds of people. Um, mm-hmm. People don't think about that. They think, oh, it goes straight to Lars's, so we can go buy a picture for the wall. It goes goes to James, we can buy another you know, car to build. It doesn't work that way. They've got that much going on. It's a company, you know, it's not just a band. It's, it's Metallica Incorporated. It's- yeah, exactly right. Well, the idea, I, I told you that story about um, Jerry Garcia from The Grateful Dead, didn't I? You know, he was yeah, told yeah, by yeah. his doctor. Yeah. yeah, you've got to retire. And Jerry said, if I retire, there's 150 people on my payroll, all with families, mortgages, sending kids to college and stuff like that. If I retire, they all don't have a job. Yeah. And I guess something like that, too, would be people like Dave Grohl will be going through that kind of thing in the moment, too, because he'd be like, Unfortunately, and you know, his Taylor passed away, but they've got a big amount of workers who work for them and staff. So they're all now without jobs, pretty much, because no one knows what's going to happen with them. So um, yeah, it's unfortunate. You would would be sitting there saying, "Oh, I wonder if I have a job." Yeah, I wonder if I I mean, I'm sure there's because they're a company. The internal memo goes out. Rest assured, you guys all have your jobs, and you know, uh, until further notice. But you know. 
does Dave split up the Foo Fighters or does he look at it and say, well, there's six guys in this band, seven now with a keyboard player, plus they have backing singers. And as you said, they probably employed about 200, 300 people. Yeah. Especially when they're touring Just like keep... they were in South America. You know, it's a... It's yeah. A yeah, I remember a guy from Sony Records saying to me once when Bruce Springsteen came out to Australia, the entourage, the entourage was 200 people. <laughs> Crazy, Bruce Springsteen, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it, it, and they're all, they've all got to be paid. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I like mean, they've got to put their music somewhere for people to watch. Streaming's a way to go. That's just do it the way they're doing it. We need to make more money just to pay things. Plus it helps re-recording the track. Plus all the vinyls coming back so they've bought their own printing press so they can make their own vinyl. It all costs money, you know? Mm. So, yeah, no, I think it's a great thing. Plus we to see all these concerts, which... We had some of them. I think one was in France and one was in uh, Mexico. They're releasing them now. They're quite hard. Oh, the Mexico City one. That the Mexico yeah. City one. That was on Live Shit Binge and Purge, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So only the that was on the, the box set got it. Yeah, that, and that was a fair. Yeah, so that that concert's now available, obviously for streaming and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's been a very interesting couple of weeks of music. Um, just on that note, quickly too, Primus have released a new EP. Oh, I have to listen to that. Have you? Are you a Primus fan? Aren't you? I don't mind them actually. So yeah, I'll I'll, I'll have to listen out for that one. Yeah, it's only, I think it's only got three songs, but they've released one song, and that song goes for eleven minutes. Thank you. I'm, that's what I'm doing after I finish here. Thank you. Um, so that's been it's been released. It's actually it's typical Primus. Um, as soon as you hear it, you go, "That's Primus." <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, first music of Primus for five years, so I'm sure Primus fans will be very happy about that. Um, mm. And pretty much after that, back to cool things. So you've already missed your cool thing. We've talked, talked about it already. Yeah, well, um, I thought uh, that, would, that blew my mind. So, what's your cool thing, Chris? Okay, well, mine. Um, people are going to hate me for this, probably because okay. I heard an album the other day. It's a live album. It is so good. And it's uh, Miley Cyrus. What's wrong with... Why do you... There's no shame. I know. I think she's a great... Dave Grohl said it. Dave Grohl said it. There's no guilty pleasures. You either like it or you don't. Yeah, well, Miley Cyrus, her new album is fantastic. Her live performances of some of these great older songs from the classics, you know, are just so good. Um, her voice is amazing. So, has she done what I said she should do, which is record? She should. She could spend the rest of her life recording older classic songs, <laughs> reinterpreting older songs, and she'd she kill it. Is she, is she doing that? Well, I don't. I don't know. I didn't know, even know, but I know she's been touring lately. So maybe she's put an album out. For that reason, you know, because she's so good and she can get away with it. But um, the album's called Attention Miley Live. Um, some of the songs on there, Heart, Heart of Glass, obviously, is on there. Um, mm-hmm. Plastic Hearts, um, Seven Things, which is one of her old songs from way, way back when. Jolene, mm-hmm. which we've talked about before. How good was that song? Yeah. Uh, and she, I saw this the other day, Like a Prayer. She sang Like a Prayer from Madonna and sang it so well. When I saw this album coming out, I'm like, I hope that song is on this album. And it is. So, yeah, blown away. That's my cool thing. Miley Cyrus, I've said it. She's great. 
and she's played with Metallica and I haven't, so I can't complain. Look, you're the guy who has got you're the guy who has mentioned Spice Girls and One Direction and all that stuff in this show. So Belinda Carlisle. Belinda Carlisle. I think if Miley Cyrus Miley Cyrus is not the lamest thing you've ever come up with, mate. So <laughs> I, I'm gonna dig that. I'm gonna have a listen to that because I do I, I really do. I said that uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um she could do interpretations of other people's songs, like what Rod Stewart is very good at. Yeah, yeah. She true. could do she could do that. Yeah. And there's no it's not like it's 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 a it's a oh, you don't do your own songs, you do other people's songs. It's it's no shame in it because if you could do really good interpretations of other people's songs, that's a, that's an art into itself. It is true. Now, what's your cool thing? We're running out of time here. Got three minutes. I just told you it was fun here. Now I've got to come up with oh, yeah, the top of my. Well, that's what you're stick with. That's all right. That's no problems. I'm sorry for stealing it. I should have spoke to you earlier. And it's probably that Prince video too. I mean, like, yeah, I said all these little cool things, you know, and and yeah, I yeah. like them. So yeah. Um, but yeah, the failure one really stuck with me because I just sort of thought it's an elaborate April Fool's prank. And then I went, oh, wait a minute, this is a real thing and it's actually very good. But the Primus one, I'm going to have a listen to that. 11 Speaking minutes. Speaking of April Fool's, me. did you see them announce a new singer for Motley Crue? Oh, did they really? What was it? I can't remember his name, but that was an April Fool's trip. And everyone fell for it. And it made me laugh. Because <laughs> most of the comments were like, finally... They're not going anywhere without Vince. They no know way it. would they tour without Vince. No way. They're not doing it. They, they're going to they're gonna drag Vince over that line, kicking and screaming. Yep, they will. They should bring him through the doors of a gym first and then a singer lesson and then go. But yeah. Yep. They're going to oh, drag yeah. him, kicking and screaming because they all know how important this particular tour is for everybody. Yeah. We talk about employment. Imagine how many people are employed for Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Poison, Joan Jett, and whoever else they throw on that tour. Yeah, Imagine how many people are being, and stadiums as well. Yeah. Imagine it. Yeah. The, 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 the jobs that, that that tour would generate is huge. Yeah. All right. We've got to go. It's time's up. But um, thank you for again joining us here on uh, the Music Bar podcast. And oh, thank you for joining already. us. Yeah, that's time, time already. Yeah, We're that's time already. Till <laughs> <laughs> next everybody. week, everybody. See you later. Bye. Bye.